With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I should have said the pound. You're right. That was a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're here. It's a team, baby. Podcasting is a team sport. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my trusted co-host, the being really efficient at basketball yesterday to Mitchell Robinson. (laughs) It's Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? Mike, I'm so glad you can talk about the Knicks in a positive light, and like everyone agrees. Like you're not even grasping at straws. Everyone was like, you know, Mitchell Robinson's really good, and he dunked the ball really hard. Darius Miles was so correct. <laughs> Darius Miles. Coach Mike Miller has been amazing for us. He's been a godsend. And Mitchell Robinson, yesterday, we're recording this on January 2nd, yesterday he shot 11 for 11. And I know that not a lot of our listeners are super familiar with sports, but when you don't miss shots and you shoot 11 of them, it's really good. It's very good. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I am very happy. The Knicks are at least just watchable again, which is really nice. And it's all thanks to Darius Miles. Nostra Darius. So shout out to Nostra Darius. Well, before we get into some other things that happened in the NBA recently, let's take a brief aside to get ourselves prepared both mentally and physically for basketball discussion. And for that, we need to visit the Teal Memorial Locker Room. No, Teal is still alive. You know, I checked all 2019, I think in 2020. We just need to accept that Teal is alive, and mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about it, it's only because she's alive. Look, Teal hasn't been dead this entire decade. <laughs> she's been alive the all of the 2020s so far. <laughs> so you know who also has been alive all of the 2020s so far? Our new patrons. Our new patrons. So shout out to Chris Reed, Catherine Lewis, and Lucas Anholzer joining the Patreon team. And as always, shout out to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burge, I worked with Eric's dad, Shooby-Dooby-Doo, I am Adam Silver, Bilal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla Got Busy, Dame Judy Dench is my DM, Wouter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, Soph's Lamb Chops, and Steph Curry for three. Listen, if some of you are ghosts out there and contributing to our Patreon, I don't want to have an erasure of you at all. But, uh, you know, I can only assume that you are alive, and that's on me. Really, I just have a blind spot there. Look, if you're dead, but your bank account is alive, that's fine. We're not going <laughs> to discriminate against the type of donor. We do just need to make sure you're paying us in real money. <laughs> yeah, no ghost buck. We don't take spooky pesos. We don't take... No ghost coins. The euro, but it's dead. 
you should have said the pound because it used to be worth something. <laughs> See, because you know the British stuff so well, I didn't want to take that away from you. <laughs> well, you know who also is paying us in real money? <laughs> our, our sponsor. It's our sponsor. You're right. And it's a new sponsor. That new sponsor is BetterHelp. So BetterHelp is the world's largest counseling service. Eric, you wouldn't hesitate to go to the doctor for professional care. Let's say you dunked the ball so hard that you broke the backboard and you had glass shards in your arm. You wouldn't try to take care of this yourself, right? You'd go to the doctor. Well, you know, what if people told me that all you have to do is exercise more and then the glass in my arm would get better? See, that wouldn't work. Those people are actually wrong. Oh, okay. So you should treat your mental health with the same way you do your physical health. Oh, okay. BetterHelp is great. They help you assess your needs and match you with your own personal counselor from their network of licensed, accredited, board-certified therapists. So not your dad telling you to get over it or your friend saying you should just go to sleep. These are real people who have earned their position to help you feel better mentally. Now, Mike, are you saying that you can get, like, approved by other doctors that you are good to talk to and you're not just, like, that one friend who is on AIM at 2 in the morning? Yes, though shout out to that one friend that's on AIM at 2 in the morning. We all need you from time to time. We all needed you in 2009. It was really tough. What was your first AIM username? Uh, I think my first one was SilverGoalie1, because my Ooh. last name was Silver, and I was a goalie, and I had to put a number on it, because Silver Goalie was already taken. Were you a soccer goalie or a hockey goalie? Soccer goalie. Okay, nice. My first screen name was MJS Dude because my initials are MJS. I assume you were a dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was. I still am. <laughs> You're also not limited to the nine to five of traditional therapy, which is nice. You can log in anytime and send a message to your counselor at any time, which is really nice if you work strange hours or, you know, you just work normal hours. I don't understand businesses that close before seven. How are people supposed to get there after work? I've never understood. And as a horse listener, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash horse. Again, that is betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash horse, and you'll get 10% off your first month. Be like Kevin Love and go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You will be as strong, tall, and attractive as Kevin Love if you go to therapy. And you'll be as good at mid-range jumpers as Tamar DeRozan. <laughs> exactly. Also good. And Eric, the last thing before we leave the locker room, if you want to see us in the live human flesh, dear listener of horse, you can at a couple different things. Potterless is going to be live in Phoenix, Arizona on January 22nd. All of Multitude will be in Los Angeles in mid-February. Join the party and Spirits will be live in Austin, Texas in late February. So if you want to learn any information about all of these shows, you can go to multitude.production slash live. And with that, we are all ready to discuss basketball. So, Eric, let's get out of the locker room with our pants all tied up nice and tight as we begin our first segment, which we like to call Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? Let me open up this newspaper here. Oh, it's 2020. It's so weird how this newspaper still exists. (laughs) So... What we're going to be discussing in today's Full Court Press is a bit somber, but we will look back at it with joy and and respect because David Stern, former NBA commissioner, passed away on Wednesday at the age of 77 years old. He had a brain hemorrhage that he suffered three weeks prior, but thankfully his wife and his family were there at his bedside the whole time. People have mixed feelings on David Stern, but you cannot deny his importance to the NBA, to the WNBA, to basketball as a whole. He did a lot to increase the popularity of the sport, and he made the leagues more successful. So we have to give mad respect for all the work that David Stern did. Yeah. I mean, Mike and I, you know, we're in our late 20s. We care the most about 
basketball that started in the 90s and going forward. And that was also the time that David Stern was the commissioner for already like uh, over a decade by the time that I think Mm -hmm. Mike and I even started caring about basketball at all. Yeah, he started in 1984. Right. So when we started talking about the dress code and we talked about the new ball that they were bringing in the 2000s, like David Stern has Mm -hmm. been doing this for a long time. And he was really used to people following what he said. But this new crop of NBA players who came in in the 2000s, they definitely wanted a different type of commissioner, which I think you're getting with Adam Silver. But, like, David Stern was the one who laid that foundation. Like, he had the power to tell people what to do. Honestly, the stuff that he did in the 80s, both before as general counsel for the NBA and then as the commissioner in his first, like, 10 years in the league, really foundational for the NBA that we know now. Right. I mean, he made the league look completely different than it was. He started in 1984. 1985 was the first time we had the draft lottery, which is such a huge portion of the NBA right now. And he founded the WNBA. He did have his shortcomings. His whole dress code thing wasn't necessarily the best articulated, I would say. It did have positive effects, but it always felt weird and semi kind of racist, which wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. And then obviously what he did to the Seattle Supersonics was not great in terms of removing a storied franchise from a city that deserves to have an NBA team. But it did lay the groundwork for owners in the NBA now having to do a better job of taking ownership of arenas and stuff like that. So a lot of the things he did have put the NBA on the path that it is today. There's some interesting stuff. I'm just looking at, you can go anywhere on the internet and find a eulogy to David Stern and a, just a list of all the stuff that he did. Even before he was hired by the NBA, he was part of the lawyer group that helped the NBA and the ABA, the American Basketball Association, come together as one league together. Awesome. Like, that was in 1976. He's been yeah. involved in this for so long. And for those of you who don't know... Yeah, there were two basketball leagues for a while there. Um, The ABA was where uh, Dr. J, Julius Randle, the the guy with the afro who dunked really hard, that's where he came from. And also, was that like vaguely the plot of that Will Ferrell basketball movie? That was about the ABA? I have never seen Semi-Pro, but sure. Yeah, David Stern was not in Semi-Pro, unfortunately. That probably would have made it better. In 1983, he helped create the salary cap. So again, this is even before he was commissioner when he was just a lawyer. The soft cap in the NBA is that if you go over a certain amount of money, you have to pay tax on it. And David Stern was like, you need to pay your players, but you can't pay too much to outpace the other people in the league. And that helped teams that were not the Knicks and the Chicago Bulls and the L.A. Lakers actually compete and be able to pay their stars. Yeah, we should look back at his accomplishments and honor him by two fantastic quotes that I have compiled from David Stern's history. Nice. Uh, People weren't necessarily big fans of him. Fans especially were not a big fan of him. So every time he would get up for the NBA draft, which most leagues do this, where the commissioner of the league gets in front of the podium and before it starts, gives some sort of speech. David Stern would always get booed. He did a couple fun things. One time when he got booed, he did the I can't hear you hand to the ear thing that a lot of WWE wrestlers do. David Stern knows what The Rock is cooking, apparently. He does. He does. And then one time he got booed, and this is after there was a lot of Europeans in the draft, and he... (laughs) to the European people in the crowd who clarified, ah, the boo in America is a sign of love. <laughs> they're say- <laughs> No, they're saying Bruce. Because Bruce Springsteen's <laughs> going to come on after me. That's what they're saying. 
And finally, I want to give a shout out to one of the things we talked about in the first episode of Force, and that is the Swamp Dragons, because in that ESPN Swamp Dragon article, David Stern has some incredible quotes, but basically his whole summary was he knew that this idea was so foolish that it wasn't going to work, that he didn't do anything. So he said, quote, I decided not to stop it. I was confident the Nets owners would shut it down. They weren't a particularly daring group. Got him. Torched. And then he later went on to say, quote, I knew if we just let it move along, it would stop under its own weight. So shout out to David Stern being that good dad that lets you make a decision that is poor, knowing that you're not going to be too damaged from it and then go, ah, you learned your lesson the hard way, didn't you, son? <laughs> right. He lets you, you fail. tried to turn your team into the Swamp Dragons. <laughs> and that's on you. And that's why you had to smoke all of those cigarettes in a row. Honestly, I think what's interesting about the current era we have with my dad and vampire enthusiast Adam Silver mm -hmm. um, is that we appreciate the soft touch and the like sensitivity of a commissioner of a sport compared to David Stern's reign. Because I mean, yeah. it's like there are sports commissioners that kind of just like do whatever the owners or the governors tell them to do. And that's definitely not David Stern. David Stern fought for the NBA and what he thought was right. And like that's different than freaking Roger Goodell of the NFL, who is terrible in his own right. But he kind of just like he's a patsy. Like he doesn't do anything. He's just terrible and like sweeps domestic violence under the rug. Like Adam Silver is the successor to the person who made the NBA into what it is now. And now he's like modernizing it and turning it into what it is in the 2010s and the 2020s and made it into a product that we are now recording horse about. The NBA has such like a good tradition of management. Like, I'm not saying they're right all the time, but at least, like, they care about the product. And uh, yeah. I feel like Adam Silver is fulfilling that in, in so many ways. I think Stern and Silver are a perfect yin and yang of back-to-back -back commissioners because Stern made all of the hard decisions and did it in a mob boss-esque way where it wasn't going to make everyone happy. But in the end, it was ultimately the correct business decisions for the NBA to set the foundation and the groundwork. And then exactly. Silver was able to come in and give empowerment to the players and get rid of Donald Sterling and do a lot of good things that because we have the foundation that David Stern set up, Adam Silver is able to take the next step and make the league more accepting and welcoming and more progressive. But isn't that nice? It's like you had an elementary school teacher that like just laid down the law and had like a really quiet classroom. <laughs> and then like your next year, you're like, oh man, I'm going to have to be so well behaved. But then Adam Silver like... You can read the Magic Treehouse novels. Exactly. <laughs> you can read a graphic novel during uh, D-E-A-R time. During what time? Drop everything and read. Dear reading time. <laughs> Is that the offshoot of Dare? No, it's to <laughs> totally different because Dear actually works, but Dare doesn't work. Wait, why wouldn't they just make it read if it's all the same letters? Because it's drop everything and read. That's the read everything else. You can't make the acronym read and then you, the first word is read. You might as well just call it reading. I mean, I agree with it. Jeez. The point is, thank you, David Stern, for laying the uh, yes. groundwork for Adam Silver. And everyone should drop everything and read. Wacky basketball facts to bounce around. Adam Silver would love it if you read Wacky Basketball Facts. I'm like, well, hey, Mike, I'm so glad that you found a book that you're enjoying and keep following your bliss. Look how big George Marison's hand is, Adam Silver. Well, Mike, this is silent reading time and you shouldn't have just screamed this at me. Look but I appreciate how big George Marison's hand is, Adam Silver. Great. Gold star for the week. Congratulations. I'm going to call Joel and Barb and tell them the good news. So shout out to David Stern. Thoughts and prayers to all of his family and... 
thank you for making the NBA and the WNBA the leagues that they are today, which has given us the ability to have a lot of fun and talk about it here on Horse. Mike, it is interesting that we started talking about our AIM screen names in the beginning of this episode. You do this every time. You manage to seed something earlier in the episode that I end up talking about. It's wild to me. It's because I can time travel, and I know what you're going to say. So then I go back, and then I plant the seed. But then it's very confusing because you don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. I just binged Watchmen, and I'm very confused about how Dr. Manhattan works. (laughs) I'm listening to the horse episode before this horse episode and the horse episode in the future, and they're all hilarious. Mm -hmm. This is why Mike is still a Knicks fan, because at some point in the future, they win the championship. I fucking hope. (laughs) You obviously can travel through time because you're watching the Knicks game, but you're also watching the Knicks game where they win the championship. (laughs) I'm in the year 2078. Mitchell Robinson II is on the team. (laughs) Mitchell Robinson I is the coach. It's amazing. The point is, I love that we talk about AIM screen names because I have a story from 2006. And, Mike, we're going to put on our let's be nice to college-aged people hats on because I have a story Mm -hmm. from college basketball that I just cannot not talk to you about. Mike, do you know the story of the college basketball player who got catfished by an entire fan base? No, but this sounds rough it's tough so let's put on our nice people hats and talk about gabe pruitt for a second i'm gonna take some personal information about gabe pruitt so that you can feel like bad for him (laughs) to start out with well first off his name is gabe pruitt it's tough he's right out the gate it's tough Gabe was born on April 19th, 1986. Oh, that's already a bad start the day before 420. Uh, He's a cop. He must be a cop. (laughs) So close to having a dope birthday. So at the time, we're talking about 2006, so he was almost 21 at the time. I managed to track down the 2005-2006 USC Trojans website, which was down, but I went to the Internet Archives to look up his bio so we can learn more about him. So he played for the Trojans of University of Southern California. His nickname was Smiling Gabe. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> at the time, he was an undecided major, but he would like to become a computer engineer. So major in it. <laughs> I don't know what I want to be, but I do really enjoy computer science. Yo, hey, have you heard of the computer science major? <laughs> His favorite food is French fries. Oh, Gabe. Gabe. He likes to watch The Fresh Prince, and he likes Family Guy. And his favorite movie is Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. The what? Oh, my God. (laughs) How do you like a great television show, a garbage television show, and then the sequel to a good movie? Listen, that one's also good. That one's also good. That's the one with with Dan Marino in it, right? No, the first one's with Dan Marino. Oh, well, that one also had an animal, so I got confused. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's not that good of a movie. I really like that Marvel movie with the superheroes. Oh, no, that's the one where Ace Ventura gets pooped out by an elephant. Mm, wonderful. It's a good movie. Uh, he also likes listening to Lil Wayne, Eminem, Jay-Z, and T.I., just so you know. Three phenomenal rappers and then T.I. <laughs> Listen, it's 2006. It totally makes sense. Yeah, true. I mean, Whatever You Like is a very good song. So, <laughs> I don't know why that hit me. I liked how you're like, yeah, you're right. T.I. did have that one good song in 2006. I mean, that's the problem is that T.I. had one good song. There was a time in Seattle where T.I. was coming through and I was seriously contemplating getting tickets because they were only 20 bucks just to show up at the very end when he performed whatever you like. (laughs) That's a good use of $20. I'll tell you that much. So now we know who Gabe is. We have an idea of who he was when he was 20. And here's what happened. 
This was March of 2006. This was the final road trip that the USC Trojans were going to go on before the March Madness tournament. And Gabe Pruitt was on his computer and he got an AIM message uh, from a secret admirer named Sexy Bruin Babe. Uh, uh. You see, we have, we're in like a post-Catfish world. Like, I've watched so many episodes of Catfish, I'm like, already, no, 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 don't do it. But this is just a random person on your buddy list in 2006. Like, you didn't know. It could have been a sexy Bruin babe. Yeah, it's just never good in general to have a self-appointed nickname like that. So that should have been an initial red flag. Someone has to dub you the sexy Bruin babe. You can't dub it yourself. Listen, we don't know what Victoria, who is the self-appointed sexy Bruin babe, we don't know in her backstory if that's what her sorority sisters call her. I don't know. It does seem pretty obvious now, but again, 2006 goggles. Right. So Victoria went to UCLA. She had been watching Gabe Pruitt play this entire season and sent him pictures of her and also said that he had a nice body. And then Gabe got like kind of into it and said that she in kind had a fit body and he wants to see her so bad. This is the part where you put on the 2006 goggles because we did not have Google reverse image search where he could probably find that this is a stock image where the people at UCLA catfishing him probably just Googled hot girl. Exactly. (laughs) Though I do remember once in high school, there was something going on in my high school. I forget what it was. I think they were trying to make a point about adding people on Facebook without knowing who they were, where someone who worked for my high school made a Facebook account with someone with just a generic name, and then they friend requested everybody at St. Thomas. And we found out that it was fake because the pictures didn't all look like the same person. I think if you Googled cute high school girl, it was like the first four results. (laughs) And we just noticed that she didn't have any friends except for dudes from St. Thomas. So, uh, yeah, big old red flag there. Man, whoever put that together, one, questionable tactics, but two, do better. Yeah, I don't think it ever came to fruition because we learned she was fake. I think they were trying to make a point and then it blew up in their face because they did not do a good job of making images. It's so bad. That's a really funny story. Hey, Derek, uh, what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm doing some extra work for my high school that I work at. I'm friending all of the high school boys and I'm posing as a cute high school girl. Don't worry, my photos, I searched cute high school girl. Don't worry, they'll never figure it out. (laughs) So So Gabe didn't know what was happening. Victoria invited Gabe to a party on Saturday, and Gabe's like, oh, that's cool. I just have a game on Saturday afternoon, but I'll totally be there. I'm so excited to see you and hopefully make out. Ooh, did he say hopefully make out? No, I didn't, but I assume that that's what he wanted. Question, how good was Gabe? Was he a legit player on the team? Was he a bench guy? We're going to get into this, but Gabe was the second best player on the team. Oh, that makes this worse. Yeah. So Gabe is so stoked about his date with Victoria. He steps out onto the court at Haas Pavilion, which is where University of California Cal plays. Except he looks out into the stands and he sees that all of the Cal students are holding up photos of Victoria. Oh, no. There's a group of students that are holding up pieces of paper that spell out, call Gabe, that have the digits of his cell phone. There are pictures of Victoria. There are messages that say something like, we'll see you at UCLA tonight. It is so bad. This would be UC Berkeley doing this because they're the nerdy smart kids. They know the one extra step is to pretend they're from a third California school when catfishing. Oh, dang. I kind of respect the brilliance. 
And the worst part about all of it, and this is the organized effort, is that uh, as everyone stood on the floor for the national anthem, the entire UC Berkeley student section chanted at Gabe in unison, Victoria, Victoria, Victoria. It's pretty bad. I mean, I know this is horrible, and this is very mean and not good, but also this is incredible. It's it's bad. It's, it is so devious. It's it so is, epic. Absolutely ruthless. And thankfully, this could have been a lot worse because all they did was what? Chant the name of it, put his phone number up and stuff. I mean, they put up his phone number. Like, everyone knew his, like, he got doxxed. And in a way, again, it wasn't like, we're not talking about this, like, 2020 terms. Like, his phone number went up there. Maybe he could change his phone number. But, like, it kind of sucks. On a scale of 1 to 10, it's like 7 out of 10. Yes. 10 out of 10 would have been if they got dick pics or something, and then they just had giant posters of that. That That would have been super bad. bad. That would have been very bad. You want to know how it all went down? I'm assuming there were just some people at UC Berkeley that said, hey, how about we fuck with this dude named Gabe, Smiling Gabe. Let's turn him into Frowning Gabe. <laughs> well, only one person wanted to turn him into Frowning Gabe, and that was Stephen Kenyon. Oh, so it's just one person? I like this less. I wanted it to be a team of 12 people. <laughs> it's wild that just one person put it together. I guess you kind of need to remember that, like, it's not that hard to catfish someone. Like, you just, like, need to convince them and have some good photos. And that's pretty right. much what Stephen Kenyon did. I mean, this was back when Facebook was brand new. So his whole thing was, like, just doing a little bit of digging to ruin the game of the opposing player that was going to play UC Berkeley. I mean, when you're UC Berkeley and you're not that good at basketball, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. So he would make fun of your TV show you liked, or he would come with printouts of the players' goofiest Facebook photos. Oh, nice. So the responses varied. Uh, One player from the University of Akron got really pissed and just, like, screamed in his face for a bunch. But Robin and Brooke Lopez, who were at Stanford at the time, laughed and gave him a bunch of high fives. (laughs) (laughs) The Lopez brothers are wonderful. What a true delight to have them in the league. There are some fun uh, cameos from NBA players in this. In order to make it to March Madness, they needed to beat USC. So Stephen Kenyon really needed to go out of his way to do something. So the reason why he was talking about the Bruins, the UCLA team, was because he was trying to catfish Jordan Farmar, who was the star point guard on the team at the time. Oh, interesting. Okay, so his original... Oh, man, the more I learn about this Stephen Kenyon plan, the less I like it, because now he actually did UCLA to try to mess with the UCLA guy, which is less creative. Right, so UC Berkeley was playing UCLA earlier in the week, but Jordan Farmer didn't bite, and it didn't work. So he looked later on the schedule, and they were playing USC. The articles that I looked at just said that Kenyon couldn't get anyone else to bite until Gabe Pruitt messaged him back. Do you know who was the star player on USC at the time? This was in 2006. This is in 2006. They were in college, and this is one of the most recognizably goofy people in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, it's Nick Young, It's right? Nick Young. Mm-hmm. How did Nick Young not take the bait on this? He's smarter than that. Is he? Because he's a big fucking goombus who... Was engaged to Iggy Azalea, so I don't know if he is. Nick Young is a goofball, not an idiot. It is different. You can be silly, but smart. Apparently, I think this was, this was the biggest thing for me. I'm like, Nick Young was right there. How did he not fight? He knows better, man. He knows better. I think that the wildest thing about this, and the thing that it really splashed back on Gabe. As they were exchanging photos, although they did not get a dick pic from him, there was a photo of him wearing a UCLA jersey that he sent to 
Victoria, and that was one of the posters that they were holding up. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't know how or why he had a UCLA jersey, and then why that's like a sexy thing to send to a girl, but apparently that's what Victoria asked, and he did it. I hope he didn't buy a jersey for this photo. That would be very sad. Like, he had to drive all the way to UCLA, buy the jersey, come back, and then take the photo? Like, that's some commitment game. I mean, UCLA and USC aren't that far apart. They're both in Los Angeles. I don't know anything about how far away L.A. is. Like, you could tell me it takes two hours to get somewhere, and I'd be like, yeah, probably. Is that with traffic? Traffic makes anything wild, but according to Google Maps, it's a 25-minute drive. All right. Well, there you go. Though there is a little bit of traffic slowdown right now by Culver City, so you should make sure uh, when you get on on the 10, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, like, recreate the California sketch. Maybe, like, reroute to the 187. <laughs> And then reconnect with the 405. And that was Mike checking Google Maps during a horse episode, a reoccurring segment. For everyone with horse bingo out, you can uh, put a token down on that square. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like, it was a good burn, and also, it totally worked. Uh, Cal beat USC 71-60 to to clinch third place in their division, which made them go on to... March Madness tournament, and Gabe had one of his worst games of his career, committing six turnovers and shooting three from 13 from the floor. Ooh, ooh. We talked about this a while ago, but this is comparable to when LeBron found out that Delonte West was having sex with his mom and he played terribly in that one game. Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much the same thing. I would say your teammate having sex with your mom is a little bit worse, but it is similar in terms of being incredibly rattled. I think what's worse about this one is that the dude learned it when he stepped on the court. Right. It was a surprise. Rough. That is super rough. This is something that I think, and hopefully we'll get there at some point when we play very big shows for our, our burgeoning podcast career. But like, I cannot imagine like playing to a packed college basketball game. So the seating capacity for the UC Berkeley Stadium is almost 12,000 people. That's sizable. Imagine like 90% of the people in the stadium are making fun of you for embarrassing messages you sent. Like, I can't wrap my head around that. The other thing is, where is the student section? Because Rice was famous for having the student section being the closest to the actual out-of-bounds baseline of any arena in the NCAA. That was our claim to fame. Mm. And we would do the same thing where sometimes we would research people and chant, like, their ex-girlfriend's name or something like that. Nothing this intense, but the proximity of the student section to the visiting bench was very close. So that could be another factor here, is if, if they're right behind the USC bench, that could be awful. I'm not sure, but I'm sure it was, like, the student section was a massive chunk. And then, of course, right. like, it doesn't really matter. Is like if a group of people are screaming at you, it's going to get in yeah. your head. Oh, yeah. Wild. Here are just some, some fun things after the fact. Gabe went on to an NBA career, so he did end up playing in the NBA. Played for the Celtics for, like, a cup of coffee. And then he went to the G League, and he played in Europe for a little while. But he was an NBA player. Nick Young ended up doing the things that Nick Young did. Stephen Kenyon graduated from Cal and earned a master's degree in sports management. <laughs> I cannot confirm. This is from 2016, the article that I was looking at. But Kenyon now works for a fledgling San Francisco professional soccer team. Hmm. I guess. I, mm, yeah. I would have liked it better if he ended up working in a reverse role, like in cybersecurity or something. 
he just works for MTV's Catfish now as a correspondent. <laughs> he, he's a consultant. He was like, I, I'm the white. <laughs> he's a white hat catfisher now. He's for like for the good guys. <laughs> oh. I think the funniest thing about this now is that because everything lives forever on the internet, universities tell their students to watch out for catfishing now, and they use this example in presentations. Uh, in the years afterwards, both Pruitt and Kenyon would get calls or text messages from people they knew, and they'd be like, hey, the thing you did, that was in a presentation given to me by the athletic director. My gosh. Oh, man. Well, hey, Gabe played in the NBA and made his money playing basketball. I think he's doing just fine. Gabe's fine. I think Gabe's fine. Gabe also talked about that, like, he acknowledged it was a really good prank and, like, it didn't ruin him too badly. And Steven eventually apologized. He sent him an AIM message a little while later saying it was pretty bad. I mean, I have, I have the quotes. Uh, I'm sorry that people, the, uh, the uh, PPL, have been calling you and bothering your personal life. I know that's not fair. And Bruett responded, it's okay. I just got to deal with it that was a good prank though i have to admit was kenyon's aim username was his username sexy bruin bro yeah he was actually sexy bruin guy i can't believe uh people didn't put that together <laughs> what even is cows they're the golden bears yeah i was gonna say bruin is also a bear i guess i mean i guess california's got bear on the flag so everybody's just a bear and then usc's like where are the condoms i'm the sexy bear <laughs> that's me <laughs> So, Mike, I wanted to tell you the story of the time a basketball player got catfished by an entire fan base. Wow, that actually happened. And I'm glad it wasn't life-shattering. Right. It wasn't anything too bad. It wasn't, what's-his-face, Manti Teo bad. Exactly. Ugh. Someone start a football version of Horse and talk about that. Also, don't start a football version of Horse because it would be bad. Don't do that. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. Thank you for sharing that story of getting inside people's heads because the three on three that I have prepared is things that people do to ensure that they are free from distraction of people in the crowds. Hmm. So shout out to Jackson Call who suggested this in a DM to me on Twitter. But today's three on three is the three coolest and the three weirdest NBA free throw rituals. All right, let's do it. So if anyone's unaware, usually before a player shoots a free throw, which is what you shoot after you get fouled, people will do some sort of ritual to get their head in the game, much like Zac Efron wanted us all to do. Players will do some sort of repeatable thing because it's a mental thing. So a lot of people just dribble the ball three times or spin the ball in their hands or do something. I used to put the ball, and I did this solely because I thought it looked cool. It was not any sort of importance to me. I would put the ball behind my head and then dribble it three times and shoot. And that was what I did my whole career until recently that I learned I was better when I just don't dribble at all. I just take the ball and shoot it. And now that's all I do. <laughs> Smart. Listen, you got to know yourself, man. <laughs> so do you want me to start with the cool ones or the weird ones? Start with the cool ones. Okay. So the third coolest one goes to Rick Barry. And Rick Barry was a career 89% free throw shooter, so this is a worthwhile thing. What made Rick Barry unique is that he shot his free throws underhand. Oh, man. Which some people call granny style. We could have an entire that actually happened about just Rick Barry and his, like, pledge to try to get people to shoot underhand. It's in wild. What I would say, I highly recommend there's an episode of Revisionist History with Malcolm Gladwell yes. that talks about the free throw differences between Rick Barry and Wilt Chamberlain, who was an honorable mention because Wilt Chamberlain was so bad at free throws that he tried to do a lot of different things to get better at it. And one of which he would just try to take a running start from the free throw line and just dunk it. Right. 
So that's a really good episode of Revisionist History. It talks about Rick Barry doing this thing and then Wilt Chamberlain doing it, but then being afraid of it because it didn't look cool. A whole thing. Highly recommend. People made fun of him for it, but he really didn't care. I think that is what makes this cool is that he found a way to shoot something more effectively. And if you look at the science behind it, it actually makes more sense to do this. Yes, it doesn't mimic your normal shooting pattern, but the way in which you throw the ball underhand is actually a more natural human motion because how many times are you doing something in your life where your hands are above your eyes? Mm. Like like a normal basketball shot is? Your hands just throughout your daily life are not often above your head. So Rick Barry doing this grainy style shot is a more natural motion and just the way you can arc the ball and spin the ball makes it more conducive to a free throw going in. So shout out to Rick Barry for saying, I don't care how whack this looks, it works and I'm here to play basketball. Nice. I want that on a pillow. If someone could stitch that on a pillow, <laughs> that would be really helpful. Yeah, give us a cross stitch of that entire quote, which Rick Barry 100% definitely said. <laughs> so the second coolest goes to Gilbert Arenas. He was a career 80% free throw shooter, so that's pretty good. Anything above 75% is pretty solid. Gilbert Arenas was peak just trying to look cool. He would take the ball. He would put it behind his back, so around the world style. He would do that three times. He would then dribble the ball a couple times, usually twice. He would pat his leg on his right thigh and then shoot a free throw. <laughs> I guess. I just remember in the late 90s, mid 2000s, when I was really watching basketball and emulating all my favorite players and stuff. I remember seeing Gilbert Arenas' free throw form and saying, that looks really cool. <laughs> I mean, like, if he needed to do it, he'll just have to do it. It worked. Almost all the time, but there is a really fun story that I wanted to share from a time where he was in the playoffs against LeBron James, also in the year 2006. Now there you go. So it was a game between the Wizards and the Cavs, and it was in overtime. And the Wizards, with about 34 seconds left in the game, were up by one, and Gilbert Arenas got fouled. He had two shots. He did his whole routine, missed the first shot. Then LeBron, who was on the other team walked up to Gilbert Arenas before he shot his second free throw, before he did his whole routine and got the ball back from the ref, patted him on the chest, and then said, quote, if you miss these, you know who's going to make it, and then walked back court to get ready for the next play. That's cold. Gilbert Arenas then missed that second free throw, so he missed both of them. The Cavaliers called the timeout. They run a play. LeBron gets double teamed. I wonder if he got double teamed because Gilbert Arenas said, hey, LeBron's going to shoot the last shot. He passed it to a teammate who threw it over to Damon Jones, who made a game-winning three-point shot. LeBron James getting in people's head. I guess that's what you can do if you're the best player alive. You can just like get, he's like, I'm going to make this, and then people will believe you. Yeah, at the time, he was definitely not the best player alive. He had only been in the league for three years at that point but still power move by lebron power move did we already say that gilbert arenas's nickname was the black president we talked about that i think in the nickname episode and the time i did that that actually happened about his whole gun situation <laughs> his real nickname that people actually called him was hibachi which was actually a phenomenal nickname amazing amazing we have to bring that up every time <laughs> we take a shot and we say the black president every time we talk about gilbert arenas oh man so the number one coolest free throw ritual is from the Jazz's own Jeff Hornacek, who was a career 88% free throw shooter. What Jeff Hornacek did before shooting free throws, he would rub the right side of his face three times with his hand, which you may think looks silly, but the story behind it makes it cool. So here's what he said in an interview with Newsday. He said, quote, 
his children were always asking him to wave to them when he played basketball. He said, I couldn't really do that, so this is what I came up with. I started getting letters from all over the world, and people started asking about it, and suddenly our secret wave wasn't so secret anymore. <laughs> so I just love Jeff Hornacek being a dad. But, like, who's to say that he can't wave to his children while he's doing this? Like, who's going to say something? I mean, it wouldn't look very cool. I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, the coolest things are things you're not trying to be cool. That's why Gilbert Arenas or the Black President came in second and Jeff Hornacek mm. came in first. Yeah, I mean, rubbing your face, not necessarily cool. But finding a way to secretly say hello to your children while you are being a professional basketball player is very cool. Very and I cool. like it. And it's unique. He came up with it. He did three face rubs because he has three kids. So I like that he did this thing that had meaning to him and he thought would be a cool little secret. But maybe he should have picked something a little less obvious because how often does one rub their face <laughs> before shooting a free throw maybe he could have i don't know dribbled the ball three times adjusted his jersey three times but i like that he was like nah i'm wiping my face <laughs> this is for you reginald Hor remus and rebecca <laughs> reginald hornacek great name <laughs> i like how this is something that you have to just like tell a five-year-old <laughs> Is like, oh, hey, what if I uh, tap the ball? And your five-year-old child's like, no, you have to do something everyone knows. We're like, okay, I guess I'll rub my face. Like, I'll rub my face, Reggie. Fine. <laughs> That's good. All right, tell me the bad ones. I'm ready. Okay. The weird ones. This is hard. I had a list of seven potential ones because Ooh. there are so many weird things. So definitely check out the five on five for this episode. So the number three weirdest goes to a career 62% free throw shooter, so not very good. And that's Chuck Hayes. Are you familiar with Chuck Hayes' free throw shooting form? I am not. Oh, okay. This is an iconic. Let me pull up this thing real quick. Okay, so you'll see in this video, which we will put at the episode page at horsesoups.com, Chuck Hayes of the Rockets is shooting technical free throws. And uh, Eric, how about you describe to me what his form looks like? <laughs> okay, so Chuck Hayes goes up for a regular shot, and then it's like he stops right at the top. It's like mm -hmm. someone hit cancel on him as he's shooting it. And then he's like, oh, wait, I still need to shoot the shot. And then he shoots it in. That's wild. And he does this twice. So this is how he shot for a good chunk of his career. It actively looks like he was about to shoot a free throw. And then someone screamed, no, 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 don't. And he still decides to do it. The best is in this particular video clip, you can see Allen Iverson going over to the ref and saying, that's a travel. My favorite thing about it is before, like, Allen Iverson's like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> like, the look <laughs> on his face. He's like, what is wrong with this person? <laughs> so, not necessarily a ritual, but just such a weird form. And it didn't work. And that was the thing. It's not like... He shot well. One of the ones that I didn't talk about was Bill Cartwright. He did this super strange thing where he would dribble the ball a bunch and then make his back completely parallel with the ground and then stand straight up. But he shot 77% from the free throw line, so it worked. Chuck Hayes is shooting 62%. Yo, Chuck, change your form. This is not working. I understand that it's a mental hitch thing, but come on, my dude. If only he was part of a professional organization that probably had people who could help him change his <laughs> shot. It's so bad that Chuck Hayes was so alone there. Like, he had a lot of other things going on in his life. His job was playing basketball, so he didn't have time to improve his basketball playing. Exactly. It's so tough for him. <laughs> <sighs> so number two goes to our wonderful tall German friend, Dirk Nowitzki. I just always assume you're about to say Shaquille O'Neal. It's just <laughs> this is the show we're on. 
The big ubermensch. Oh, God. So Dirk is a career 88% free throw shooter, so very, very good. He had a particular free throw ritual that he would do to himself only when the pressure was too much. Do you know what Dirk would do before shooting these high pressure, high tension situation free throws? He made himself a schnitzel and ate it, and then he shot the free throw. Close. He would hum the classic song by David Hasselhoff, Looking for Freedom. Oh, he would hum shit. that to himself before playing. Are you familiar with the song Looking for Freedom? I do know it. I also know that David Hasselhoff is a major, major celebrity in Germany. So that's wild. Mm-hmm. If you as editing Eric could put just a, a short clip of the song so people can get the vibe of it, but not the copyright infringement, that would be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will put that in right here. Wow, what a jam. Wow, what a good song. <laughs> What's also great is we'll put the music video for this at the episode page of horsesoups.com. It's a Night Rider music video for the song, <laughs> which is really good because that's the 80s TV show that he was in besides Baywatch. Oh, just a quality song and music video combination. This is wild to me because I was trying to look up. I assume I didn't know what you were going to say, so I thought it was another shooting motion. And Dirk Nowitzki, the first thing that pops up when you put in Dirk Nowitzki free throw is that he holds the record for the most consecutive free throws in an NBA playoff game in a row. So he shot 24 free throws in a game against Oklahoma City in 2011. So that entire time, he was probably singing the song, and that's why he holds the holds the record. It was the playoffs, baby. So yeah, Dirk, <laughs> when asked about this, just basically said, yeah, as a kid growing up in West Germany, everybody loved David Hasselhoff, and I loved the song. And I would just hum it to myself if things were too high of pressure and it calmed me down it's the hoff the hoff is responsible for this this is amazing i love this is beautiful this is why we do the show for you to tell me this shit <laughs> it's really good i love it so much so the number one weirdest is one that i used to make fun of all the time and that is jason kidd so jason kidd a career 75 percent free throw shooter used to do this thing where he would blow a kiss, so mm. very, very obvious. He would blow a kiss to let his wife and his children know that he was thinking about them. That's very sweet. But here's the problem. <laughs> Before he would blow the kiss, he would dry his hand off on his jersey so that he didn't have sweat on his hand. But the problem is that he would choose to rub his leg. Oh, and the no. the problem further oh. is that he would rub the back of his leg. So, unless you're looking very closely, it looks like Jason Kidd wipes his own ass and then blows a kiss to the rim and then shoots a free throw. This is the other reason why we have this show. The yin and the yang. Oh, man. I don't know. I also like that you're pairing two men who want to shout out their children during their free throws. And it's like, here's one way to do it. You can be goofy. The other way is you wipe your ass and tell your children you love them. Mm -hmm. So Jason Kidd did this to honor his wife and children. He most prolifically did this when he was on the Nets. Eventually, he did not end up staying with his wife. They got a divorce. And I Ooh. think he stopped doing the kiss thing later on in Ooh. his career. <laughs> 
but I don't think he did it right away. So there was still a brief period of time where the kiss kind of was still paying homage to his ex-wife. But I wonder if internally he was like, nah, this is only for the kids, baby. <laughs> it's weird when JC Kidd said before each one of his free throws, this isn't for my wife anymore. It's only for my children. <laughs> So, yeah, I just I'll remember always thinking that was super weird. Me and my friend Josh used to make fun of it all the time at basketball practices. <laughs> just growing up in New Jersey, he was on the New Jersey Nets. It was weird. And we always thought he was wiping his butt and then kissing his hand, which an odd combination for sure. So I can't think of a better way to close out the three coolest and the three weirdest NBA free throw rituals. I'm going to block this out. I think I it was so nice <laughs> that you talked about Dirk Nowitzki for so long. That was very sweet, Mike. <laughs> It just, you know, I, I could have made it number one. I also could have made made it the coolest. It is strange, but what you just, you got to end on the, the, the smelly kiss of Jason Kidd. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Eric Silver and Mike Schubert. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. The social media is run by Mike Schubert. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The music is by Bettina Campamanas. And the website is by Kelly Beckman. Special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Brianne Wingate, Adam Hartwick, Ross Papa, Cody Powell, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Samantha Rose, Polly Burridge, I work with Eric's dad, Shooby Dooby Doo, I am Adam Silver, Bilal Johnson, Carolyn Kyle, Godzilla Got Busy, James Duty Dench is my DM, Walter Vandermaiden, Madeline Heising, Soph Slam Chops, and Steph Curry for three. You can also find us on the internet at Horse Hoops on Instagram and Facebook, and Horse underscore Hoops on Twitter, because as we say every episode, it's because... Horse Hoops got uh, banned from AIM from doxing people. They should, from catfishing. No, 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 you can't do that on Twitter. And that's why you no, got no, banned. No, no, no. no. Uh, our website for Horse... <laughs> That actually could be a real reason. I think that's the first time it might in 40 a real reason that we actually said something that could get you banned from Twitter. <laughs> 2020, the internet is real. Our, web <laughs> our website is horsehoops.com, which has all of our research and the visual stuff you didn't see because this is a podcast. If you want to check out some sweet bonus content, such as Eric and I talking about more basketball things, five on five, where we add our honorable mentions to the three on threes or a bunch of other fun stuff like shirts and stickers, you can head on over to patreon.com slash horsehoops. Mike, you know who, before they shoot free throws, has to sing Cut to the Feeling in full to themselves before they put it up? Definitely Multitude, and that's why I don't play basketball with you guys. <laughs> yeah, every free throw just takes a really long time. It's Three multitude. minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> I, I want to cut to the feeling. Just shoot the ball. Just shoot it. <laughs> multitude is an audio collective of wonderful people who make great audio, and you should check out all of our shows, but also you should see us in real life and go to multitude.production/live to see where we are playing live shows in Phoenix at the end of January, in LA in the middle of February, and in Austin at the end of February. Come through, see our faces in the flesh. And as we round out of every episode of Horse, we're gonna put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three. I think it's only fair if we pay homage to our good tall German friend Dirk by on the count of three saying, looking for freedom. <laughs> That's a good one. One, two. Three. Looking, Looking for, for freedom. freedom. Now I have to figure out this song because I want to sing it to myself. Because if Dirk does it, maybe I'll continue to do things well as well. Hum it to yourself while you edit this episode, of course. It's true. Every edit will be perfect. 100 for 100. <laughs> so clean. So crisp. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.